Let's open with a word of prayer this morning. Huh? You want to lead us? You might be a bad spot. <laughs> Father, we did thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather on Zoom, and we thank you for your grace in our lives and your provision, and um, that you are with us in this storm, Lord, giving us hope and giving us peace. So, Father, we just pray that you would speak this morning to our hearts. Pray for your anointing upon Pastor Ron, and we thank you for the Daubers and the Godfreys and their ministry and blessing to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so glad uh, that we were able to uh, do this this morning, and I have not heard any other repercussions in the church of COVID, so we are so, so blessed and thankful to the Lord for his goodness to us. I've been praying. I know you all have been praying. And just an update for those of you that knew that some in our family were in contact with COVID and then we were in contact with them. Um, all five of the family members that they had been around did test positive for COVID. Uh, so far, none of our family members, direct family members that we came in contact with have any symptoms, they'll be tested Monday. So should they be asymptomatic, then of course we'll have to be tested. But so far, everybody's not a, not a clue of anything. So we'll see. We will see. It's uh, definitely an up in the air kind of a day by day situation with all of us, um, but we'll we'll get through it. God's still on the throne, and we'll do what we can keep everybody safe and uh, enjoy our time together this morning. Well, I am going to share with you some blessings. And let's start out this morning with an Advent reading from the Daubers. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, the season celebrating the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke's Gospel, we find a familiar account of the announcement of our Savior's long and awaiting arrival. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And yet the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be, which will be for all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all men. And the goodwill that God brought to mankind through Jesus was peace. The Bible tells us that through our willful sin, we cut ourselves off from a holy God. 
But in the great love for us, Jesus took our sins upon himself and died for us on the cross. Therefore, Colossians chapter 1 says, And you, who once were alienated, he has now reconciled, making peace by the blood of his cross. Through faith in Christ, we have peace with God. And no matter what we face in this life, we also have peace in our hearts, knowing he is with us and for us. I invite the peace candle. As we light the second candle on the Advent wreath, the peace candle, we further remember that Jesus promised one day he would come again and take us to be with him, where we will enjoy perfect and unending peace in his presence forever. Let us pray together. Jesus, we thank you for coming to us as the Prince of Peace, offering reconciliation with God, inner peace as we walk through life, and the promise of lasting peace with you in glory. Help us to spread your message of peace through this season of Advent, and always in your name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Today Hello and Merry Christmas from the Godfrey family. Uh, we're going to perform a piece from the cantata Night of the Father's Love for You. And this song is called Waiting and it has some narration that goes along as well. We gather here to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. We come to remember when God visited the earth in the form of a child. And we meet to worship the Lord and to celebrate the new life he offers us. We pray that we will experience God's presence in a fresh way. This is the true meaning of Christ's birth. The angel said he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is always with us, but when he welcomes his spirit into our hearts and minds, we experience the comfort and the power of God's presence. Before Christ came into the world, God's people awaited his arrival for centuries. So now we wait that God will move among us as we listen to the story of the Christmas miracle. The psalmist said, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Come, let us be before the Lord as we wait patiently for him. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to the Daubers and to the uh, Godfrey family this morning for their excellent ministry. So hopefully we got all the, <laughs> the bugs worked out on the Zoom. A uh, little bit different uh, going on this morning. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to my wonderful bride for our children's message this morning. Good morning, Miss Haley. I don't know if any other kids are out there, but I know I saw Miss Haley. So I got to get myself duded up here. Hang on. All right. We got some Christmas lights going on here. I don't know about you all, but I love Christmas and I love all of the lights at Christmas time. This year, it just seems like there are more and more lights out in people's yards, and I absolutely love it. They're bright, they're colorful, cheery, and they make everything more festive. But why do you think we have lights at Christmas? 
just for the fun of it? Um, I think one reason is that they might remind us of the light of Jesus, the light of the world. John 8, 12 says, Jesus addressed the crowd saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So when we follow Jesus, we are walking in the light. Jesus came as a baby to become our savior, bringing us light so we had not, would not have to walk through life in darkness, not knowing which way to go or the right things to do. Walking in the dark is tough. A couple of months ago, I was in the basement doing the laundry. All of a sudden, the power went out. Do you know what happens when you're in a basement and the lights go out and the sun is not shining through the narrow windows? It gets really dark. And it was dark. And it was hard to see. So it is hard to see in the dark. And if you, I could hardly see at all. So I tried to walk toward one of the basement windows, so at least maybe a little bit of light would come through so I could see my way around. It was kind of scary because I wasn't sure where to go. If I had just had a flashlight, I could have turned it on and seen my way safely through the dark to the stairs. Do you know we don't just need light to see clearly and stay safe in the dark. We need the light that Jesus brings to see clearly and live in the darkness of this world. Just like a light would have helped me to walk through the basement and not walk into things or be scared and get hurt, the light Jesus gives us helps us to walk in his ways every day. That day in the basement, I decided I need to put a flashlight next to my washing machine. So I hung it up right where I can just reach up now and push the button if I'm doing the laundry and the power goes out. And just to be on the safe side, I put a camping light at the other end of the basement in case I'm over there. So if the power goes out again, I am prepared. We need to prepare our hearts for walking in the darkness of this world by accepting the light that Jesus gives us. Receiving him as our savior and then choosing to live in his ways and walk in the light that he gives, showing us how to live every day. Then we will be able to let our lives shine before men so that they may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven. So when you see the shining Christmas lights, just think of Jesus and his light shining in you and through you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have provided a way for us in the darkness of this world, the darkness that is sin and things that are not godly and things that are not your ways. Thank you for Jesus that we can ask him into our hearts and that we can walk in his light day by day. Help us to spread the light of Jesus, not just on Christmas trees or lights in our yard, but to spread the light of Jesus in our hearts in the way we live each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.
with my dear. get this lamp out of here well okay close enough close enough well if you have your bible with you this morning or your phone or tablet um gonna be looking at a few scriptures once again that's how, that's how i keep myself safe right because i'm uh, always referring back to the scripture so we've been talking about Jesus's statement in John chapter eight and verse 36. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And Jesus said that in the context of sin, didn't he? And we said that not only does he, through his death on the cross, set us free from the penalty of sin, but he also sets us free from the power of sin, free from the hold that it has on our lives. We talked about that being a process, didn't we? As he doesn't simply change our behavior uh, out of fear of some kind of punishment from on high, right? No, he transforms us from the inside out, changing our very desires so that we become more and more like Jesus. And we've looked at some key aspects of that process. Number one, uh, you and I getting brutally honest with ourselves and with God, right? Uh, <laughs> that that we have an issue or two or three or 20 that uh, God needs to work on us with, uh, things that we want to see change. And we know that he wants to see changed in our lives for our own good. So we need to be honest with him so that we can uh, get victory. Uh, number two, we need to understand God's incredible, incredible love for us, right? That Jesus in his humanity understands our temptations and our weaknesses, that he's here for us, not to condemn us, but to encourage us, to empower us, to overcome that God loves us even in the midst of our faults, and especially in the midst of our faults and our failures. He loves us. He's for us. We need to get that truth into our hearts. Amen. So therefore, number three, we draw near to him. Rather than hiding in our guilt and our shame, we confess these things to him. And number four, when we do, the Bible says we receive mercy. We receive forgiveness. We get that clean slate from the Lord. Amen. So, so important. And that's where we left off last week, getting that sense of a clean slate. But that's really only half of it. That would be like finding you on the street destitute um, and then paying off your debt, but not giving you any food or, or a roof over your head, right? It's only half the job. So forgiveness is awesome. It deals with the guilt of the past, but it does little to help us with the future. That's why Hebrews 4.16 says, 
let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, what is grace? We've talked about grace before. Grace, uh, number one, is God's unearned favor, right? We see that in the scripture. And number two, it's his divine enablement, God's power to meet us in our human weakness and inability and cause us to accomplish his will and purposes. Salvation being the perfect example of that, right? We cannot save ourselves. No way, no how, impossible for us. We are saved, the Bible says, by grace, by God's unearned favor, by God's divine enablement, by what he provided for us at the cross. And so here in this context of overcoming sin, um, we receive grace. And that grace is manifested to us in two ways. First, it's divine inner strength. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You see that? Strengthened with power through his spirit, where? In your inner being. God's divine strength for us. God's divine power working within us. So to overcome sin... And this is key because I struggled with this for years and years and years. Sometimes I still do. Um, but it's not our willpower. It's not the exertion of our will. If we're going to overcome sin, it's God's power by the exercise of our faith. Okay? Let me say that again. It's not my power through the exertion of my will. It's God's power through the exercise of my faith. Trusting that God is going to meet us there in that time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Trusting that he will be there to empower us by his spirit in that situation so that at that moment we can choose the better road. We can choose to do what God says instead of following through with that temptation, following through with what our human flesh wants to do. Grace to help in time of need. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you. Remember, we talked about sufficient with God is over the top, right? My grace is sufficient. It's enough. It will it will give you everything you need for my power is made perfect where in weakness his power made perfect in our weakness uh going on to verse 10 he says this for the sake of christ this is paul speaking for the sake of christ then i am content with weaknesses insults, hardships, 
persecutions and calamity. Can you imagine him saying that? Can you imagine any human being saying, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and calamity? That's a tall order, isn't it? How can he say that genuinely? He says this, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul was able to come to the Lord in his personal weakness and tap into that divine strength. He was strengthened. He was empowered. He was enabled. And so he says, you know, no matter what happens in the future, I get this. I can come in weakness and I can receive something directly from God that is going to give me strength. Whatever sufficient for whatever the need is, God is going to meet me there and give me all that I need. That's why I can be content. Do you see that the, the exercise of faith there? He and, and this is the way that God works with us. You know, he meets us maybe in a smaller thing, gets us through a smaller thing. And then maybe we go through a harder thing and we trust him and he meets us there. And that faith builds and grows until we can say with Paul, you know what? Doesn't matter what I face in this life. God's grace is going to be sufficient. Little problem, little grace, going to be sufficient. Huge calamity, huge grace from God to get me through. Amen? That is our God. That is his promise. And we need to bank on that in faith. So, okay. So first... Grace is divine inner strength. And the second manifestation of that faith that I have found is that it's manifested in wisdom and in insight. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. You see that discretion, understanding, wisdom, insight from God that will deliver us again in that uh, time of need. This is why listening in prayer is so important. This is why just confessing our sins and getting forgiveness and, and then getting up and walk away, we're missing the boat, right? It's great to feel forgiven. It's great to feel that clean slate. But we need to stay in his presence and talk to him about the issue. Lord, what is this? Why am I falling into this? What's going on in my heart? What do you want to do about this? And God will give us wisdom and insight. Jeremiah 33.3 says this, call to me. And I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God desires to impart to us things that we don't currently understand. God desires to show thing, show us things about himself and show us things about our own hearts so that we have insight into how we operate so that the next time that we're in that situation, we can have a better sense of understanding that will deliver us, the scripture says. 
from the way of evil. God knows the situation. God knows our hearts better than we can, better than we do. So if anyone can give us personalized advice, it's the Lord, right? Personal advice. What works for everybody else or anybody else might not work for us. So as we're before the Lord, asking him, listening to him, he can share with us what works for us, what we need to hear. I'll tell you, I've I've read books, you know, about this and about that. And, and it's like, OK, this is what worked for them. It's not working for me. Right. So we need to hear from God ourselves. Spending that time in his presence. Sometimes that means identifying triggers. You know what triggers are? Those are those things that usually bring on that behavior. Uh, we all know the saying, uh, they know how to push your buttons, right? Those buttons, those are triggers that cause you and I to react in certain ways, right? So as we're sitting before the Lord, we're saying, God, what's going on here? He may show us, reveal to us triggers and say, this is the situation that's going to bring on that behavior so that we can see it coming. Right. So we're not blindsided. We know this is a trigger so we can either stay away from this thing or or this person or this conversation or whatever. Steer clear of it so that we don't have to react the way that we normally do. So it could be identifying triggers. Uh, I told you that at one time um, I, I dealt with anger issues big time, big time. And one of the things that set me off was tripping over the shoes of four children when I would walk in the door after work. Right. How many times do I have to tell you, you know, on and on. But this is how evening started at my house. This is the tone that was set. This is the atmosphere that was set for my family when I walked in the door. Destructive, isn't it? Not a way to nurture loving relationships, which are a heck of a lot more important than shoes. But no, it was all about me. It was all about me tripping over things that, that other people had left in my way. And because of that, I brought, I brought gloom into my home when I would come into the house. So finally, one day, as I was pulling into the driveway, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said this in essence. He said, you know, you pray for my anointing before you step in the pulpit on Sunday mornings because you want to be my vessel. You want to say what I want you to say. You want to be what I want you to be, right? It's like, yeah. He said, well, why not pray that same prayer before you step into your house, that you can be that person that I want you to be, that you can say those things that are going to uplift, that are going to build up, that are going to strengthen relationships, right? That, that was personal to me. That's what I needed to hear from God. So I would, I would say that prayer in my driveway before I would walk in the house, okay? So, that's grace. 
to help in time of need. Grace that comes as we sit in God's presence and talk to him. Sometimes um, that wisdom and insight is also learning why I do what I do. For example, in praying about my anger problems over the course of time, God showed me that a lot of my anger was really masking my own feelings of insecurity, failure, and rejection. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of a typical man. We, we don't like to show hurt. Our go-to emotion is anger, right? For just about everything, it's, it's the acceptable man emotion, right? I don't wanna, I don't wanna show hurt. I don't wanna show vulnerability. I don't wanna uh, show that I'm, I'm feeling like a failure. So it turns around in me anyway and came out as anger. Um, a lot of that shoe thing, really, when God opened my eyes to it. it. It's tripping over shoes was not the big issue. The big issue was me feeling like I had failed as a dad, like my kids didn't respect me enough to do as I had asked them over and over and over again to do. I'm a failure as a dad, and that emotion came out as anger toward them to control the situation versus what it should have been. You know, let's step over the shoes because they're not as a big a deal as coming in the house and asking my kids how their day was and, and telling them that I value them. Right. So I, I, I hope that you can glean from my mistakes here. Uh, but again, this comes over the course of time to Talk with the Lord and get that wisdom, get that insight. Um, and the other thing that God showed me in analyzing those emotions, those feelings of insecurity, failure, rejection, is that those feelings were the result of an incomplete relationship with him. As I told you, I struggle for a long, long time with my relationship with God being centered on my performance as a Christian. And much like I often felt with my earthly dad, I never quite felt good enough to be loved by my heavenly father. And I can tell you this, that it, unless we can receive unconditional love, we can't give it out to anybody else. I was receiving love based on performance. That's what I gave to my family. You perform, I will show you my love. And so I was passing on what I myself was walking in. And uh, uh, not good, not good. So what I found um, is that I, like you, have some really deep needs in my heart that I was trying to deal with on my own, hurts that I was trying to stuff, needs that I was trying to meet on my own. And since I was a Christian, I thought I should be able to do that, right? I should be able, I'm a Christian, I, I know God, I read the Bible, so I should be able to straighten all this out on my own. And when I failed to do that, again, I was a further disappointment to myself, a further disappointment to God, and it was downward spiral wasn't going anywhere good. I didn't understand at that time that I could come to God 
in weakness. I didn't understand the depth of his love for me, that he loved me in my faults and in my failure. And I didn't understand that in trying to do it myself, trying to do all this in my own willpower, in my own strength, that I was uh, missing out on what God wanted to do. I was depending on me and not him. God wanted to meet those needs the way that only God can meet them. But I wasn't giving him the opportunity. I was trying to do it myself. We do that, don't we? Um, instead of getting God's peace when we're stressed out, we, 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 we turn to vegging out in front of the television. We, we, we turn to comfort food, right? So we get that, that temporary, you know, thing, but we don't receive what God wants to give in that situation because we're not looking to him. I was looking to me. I was looking to other things, missing out on what God wanted to do. Why? Because in him is life and that life is the light of men, right? The light of you and me. Those deepest needs of unconditional love, of a sense of security, a sense of value, um, that unending search for significance, uh, to borrow the title of an excellent book by Christian author, Dr. Robert McGee, The Search for Significance. In his counseling practice, his uh, uh, psychology practice, uh, he, he saw it all boiled down. People were searching desperately for a sense of feeling significant. And he addresses that um, in that excellent book. So those deep inner needs of ours, that we run to this and run to that and run to the other thing, are needs that are designed to be met, number one, by God himself in ways that only he can, only he can do. And two, by God working through others. God working through others. Which brings me to number five, another wonderful gift of God's grace to us, each other. The gift of the body of Christ, the gift of fellow believers. James chapter five and verse 16 says this, confess your sins therefore to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Men especially, I think, um, we like to keep things to ourselves. Women are a lot more relational, but men are kind of like, you know, I can do this. I can handle this. And that will oftentimes keep us uh, separated from others, and we miss this wonderful gift that God has given us. It's amazing what bringing things into the light, what effect that it has on it. When things are covered in the darkness and we're dealing with it on our, on our own, it, it's, it's lonely, it's, uh, it's a feeling of failure. I remember um, one situation I was dealing with, had been dealing with for a long time, and I, I finally confessed that thing to somebody and he said, yeah, you know, I got, I got the same issue. And it was like, 
I'm not alone. This is a Christian. He's dealing with the same thing, right? Um, it was amazing how that encouraged me that I wasn't alone. Someone I can talk to, uh, share those things with. So to have someone that can, uh, that you trust, that you can be open with and they with you, someone who can pray with you, someone who can encourage you, stand with you in that thing, someone who loves you enough not to condemn you, but someone who loves you enough to check in now and then and give you some accountability to that thing. How you doing with that? I've been praying for you. What's what's going on? You know, that, that uh, buddy system, if you will, to help us to overcome. So those, um, uh, those kinds of friendships are golden. They are golden. So let's recap in uh, what we're talking about. Number one, we come to the Lord with our faults and failures. We all got them, right? We come to him in weakness, confessing our sin. Why? Because... Number two, we understand his incredible love for us, that he's for us, that he wants to help us. So, number three, we draw near to the Lord. Don't hide in shame. We draw near. And what happens when we draw near? We receive, first of all, mercy. We get forgiveness. We get that clean slate. And we receive grace. Grace. That inner strength to help us in that situation and that extra wisdom and insight that God gives us into life, into our hearts, uh, so that we can be prepared um, for when we get into those situations and strategies for not only avoiding them, but for doing better things that are going to be a blessing and a help to us, to our families, to our workplaces, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, number five, God gifts us with others who can walk with us through that process of becoming free. Free indeed, transformed from the inside out. And remember, what is this all about? The greatest proof of the gospel that you and I share with the world is the life of the messenger. Amen. The greatest proof we have to say that that message we preach is true is our own lives. Not perfection, progression, right? And God works with us step by step, transforming us from glory to glory to glory in his goodness and his grace and my goodness, all of these things, they help us tremendously, don't, I? don't they? they? They contribute to our, to our personal well-being, our quality of life. God is for us, and he wants to set us free indeed. Amen? And that's what Jesus bought for us at the cross, that relationship that changes everything. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you 
Lord, that you are for us. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. We, we thank you for destroying the power of sin as you come into our lives, as you empower us, as you walk with us and talk with us and tell us that we're your own and you give us, Lord, that grace that we need to overcome, that we might have a better quality of life, that we might be a better witness for you in the world. Keep working with us, Lord. As your apostle said, we all stumble in many ways, but we thank you that we're on a path, a good path in your love and in your power to be like Jesus. We bless you for it all. We give you thanks. Through Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, I'm going to allow everybody to unmute themselves so that I can take some prayer requests. So go ahead and unmute. <laughs> 